Enterprising in my surroundings I'm finding the quietest estates these days This representation of storm brewing Amazed that the focus remains The vocal focal point of my change Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast I'm your host, Matt Chittam And this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there Who are working hard to get better While balancing running with the rest of their lives I'm so excited to talk to you today We got Maurice Lohman back on the show the Marathon Panda himself. So excited to talk to Maurice. This guy is inspiration, you know, just bottled up. He's He has it all. He's someone who has done so much in his life to overcome certain things. And here he is making the most of it. This is a check-in episode with him because he's been on the show twice already. But Maurice is doing big things. And this is a guy who's been putting in a lot of miles in his life. And yet, over the last year, he's reached maybe two new levels as a runner. And it's so exciting to see someone who is not only a fan of his, but a friend of his as well here in Rhode Island. And I couldn't wait to get him on the show to talk all about it. With that being said, go check out the previous episodes with Maurice. They are totally worth it. With that said, the first one, the one that has all of his, I guess, you know, his life story in a way, uh, the, the, the real feature story about Maurice was one of the first episodes we did on the show. So it was in the first year, which means... The audio wasn't that great. <laughs> That's just how it goes sometimes in the podcasting business. Um, but it's definitely worth it. The guy is an absolute, absolute stud. Such an awesome guy. And someone who is a lighthouse for so many people with his positivity that he brings every single day. So, listen up to my man, Maurice Lohman. Maurice Lohman, the Marathon Panda, is back. Welcome back, Maurice. Good morning. Happy Monday, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to get you back on the show. This is this is uh third time, right? This is number three. Number three. This is gonna be so much fun. So, like me, you are a Rhode Islander. So, you know, I had a chance to run with you on occasion. You're the daily inspiration that so many people look towards. What's the running streak at today? Well, today's run has not been completed yet. It will be two thousand one hundred. In 82 days of consecutive outside running. We're closing in on six years. So that's the big milestone. I'll be celebrating January 1st. I'm really excited um, and look forward to to staying healthy and, and, and keeping it going. Oh, I didn't ask that last time. So January January 1st is the is the is the celebration date for the, the anniversary date or whatever? It is. And just to kind of to shed some light on that, back in 2015 or so, it was Thanksgiving time. It was actually my my son's stepfather, believe it or not, uh, we have a, a great relationship. He's a he's a you know um, a, a run an amateur runner. Um, I had already been running consistently and, and had done some local um, halves and so forth. And, and running was my thing. You you know my story. I had already been d- dived into it, and he had recommended um, a 100 day run streak um, for accountability for for mutual um, you know motivation and accountability. So I. Not to one up it, but I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it and I'm going to track it um, and I'm going to do it all outside and I'm going to start January 1st and there's going to be absolutely no excuses. And I went into it super hyped up. And when I hit the 100 days, I just kept it going. Um, So that's how it started. It started with um, um, on January 1st and I get to do the Chili Willie Half Marathon in Seekonk, Massachusetts. And I kind of promote it as like a party on the pavement. I want everybody to come check it out. 
Well, truth be told, and no dis- no disrespect to Chili Willies or whatever, whatever that race is called. Um, it seems like every time you run, it's a party on the pavement. I will direct everybody to the two previous episodes we've done uh, where we really dive into your history, not only as a runner, which is certainly captivating, but also as a person. And you've gone through a lot in your life and rebounded and overcome hurdles. And I know there's, there's always hurdles that we all overcome over periods of time, but you've overcome some big ones. And it's really, really exciting to see. See, so first of all, you, I'd say first of all, I've already listed like 15 things. There's no first of all there, but I'm not surprised that you have a race scheduled for them. You, you're always signing up for races. When you, when you, this is going to be kind of a free range, free range conversation. We'll, we'll touch on certain points for sure. But when you sign up for races, how much of it is, hey, I'm looking at this race as like, I think it can really, you know, excel and, you know, it's, I'm looking for a certain time or I have a goal in mind or I'm trying to peak for that race versus, hey, I just love being social and out with the people and let's just get it together. Great, great question. So early on, it was just totally driven off of the social aspect, anything that I could get the time off of work for, anything that I could afford um, from my bank account and anything that I could realistically travel to. So all, everything was close in, in New England. And I was just signing up for everything to keep the social engagement, to, to stay consistent, to put everything on my calendar. To, to that When I say that all the time, what's on your calendar, it keeps me motivated when I know I have something to do next week, the week after, the week after. Um, but I've heard, I've heard from from mentors, um, from from my best mentor in the world, Coach Laurie, and, and maybe that I, maybe there is a such thing as racing too much, or are you going to start treating certain races as an A race, as something you're going to train for, you're going to follow a plan, you're going to execute that plan. Um, so I have learned and matured to find the difference. So not every race is something that I'm going out looking for a PR. Um, a lot of it. And I've also learned to dial back the high fives and positive vibes and hype on site if I am trying to execute a race plan on race day, if that makes sense. So I think since our, our first couple of podcasts, I, I can say that um, I've kind of matured a little bit as the marathon pander. And I know when to turn the hype down on race day. Um, hopefully I'm answering the question, not getting too far off track. Um and, and I'm kind of proud of myself for being able to do that. It's 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 tough. Um, I exert a lot of energy when I'm out there, and I I do say that I, I love embracing the role as as a cheerleader. I'm never going to win one of these things. So just being out there and cheering everybody on, I, I that's rewarding for myself. Um, so I, I I'll never go away from that. Um, but a lot of uh, to, so to answer the question more directly. I still sign up for races based solely on, hey, let's get out there. Let's be Mr. Social. Um, let's keep the hype going. Um, you can't call yourself the Marathon Pander if you're not outside signing up for marathons. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, for sure. And you used to sign up for so many races. And and I mean, you still do, for sure. And it was always seemed to be this push and pull of, hey, I have big goals. But at the same time, like you were going hard all the time. And I was interested to know, you know, basically how, you know, last time we talked, I guess right around that time, there was kind of like a plateauing in terms of your, um, I guess not, not speed, but just kind of some of the performances that you had at certain races, especially races that I knew that you cared a lot about. It seemed like you, know, you, you, you really had plateaued, but at, at a high level and you were doing awesome things. And I don't want that to sound derogatory in any sense because I certainly don't mean it that way. But in the last two years, it seems like you've really gotten to a, a very different place in terms of where you are 
from a racing perspective, and I, I'd love to dive into it. So I guess, I guess, first of all, did you kind of, were you seeing the same thing a couple of years ago of that kind of that plateau effect? So th- thank you, Matt. That's one. it's the best, best topic that we could actually be on right now. And I've, I've learned to embrace that word plateau. And I was the definition of plateauing. I signed up for it and, and almost to a, to the point where it wasn't just a plateau. I was almost declining. It was hard for me. Let's say just to throw a number out there. Let's say my half marathon finish time was a 145 average and whatever the pace shakes out to be low eights or high sevens, whatever that is. Um, it was difficult for me to obtain those finish times when that used to be easy for me. I was gaining weight and losing fitness, I believe, or, or not gaining any fitness that I never had, I, I should say. Um, and I was plateauing. The, the, the Mr. Marathon Panda high fives, positive vibes was getting up, signing up for races and it was tough for me to even stay what I considered average um, or consistent to my previous times. And there was weight gain involved. There was self-esteem issues going on. Um, I was becoming self-conscious about things. It affected everything. It affected me um, at work. It affected my social media stuff. And I just kind of snapped into a new gear and told myself, um, there's, you know, you walk around saying there's no excuses, work hard or all that stuff, all these, all these things that you talk about, um, you got to do it. So I had this thing where I said, increased activity, increased effort. I was relying on the fact that I had this run streak going and I had just too many days of, you know, 20 minute jogs around the block instead of a hard, honest 45 minute cardio effort with maybe some calisthenics. Um, I just lost sight of, of, of fitness and, and nutrition and, and things like that. Um, and it, 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 COVID had something to do with it. I hate using that, but that was the time period where it really started. Um, the weight gain was very obvious. Um, the, the lower mileage became an issue. Um, and I just really snapped out of it. And at the same time, grabbed onto these other things like the yoga, like the strength training that I've never done before real physical therapy, real, um, learning and growth, like in the recovery, um, uh, aspect of things. And I, and I just, I'm hyped up, I'm fired up on a daily basis to, to be like this new Panda and not plateauing anymore. You hear me screaming about it. I don't want to plateau. I don't want to stay the same. Hopefully before, before we get off, I can tell you the big, big secret goal, um, that's coming out. Uh, and I'm going to try to smash in two years and I'm really fired up because I believe, and you know this, Matt. We're, we're on the same. We're on the same boat. We're not getting any younger, but we have this small window where we can actually get faster and stronger with with something that we love. You see it all the time with our peers and within the community. There's people out there like really excelling, and it hypes me up. I have a thing where I'm so fueled off of gratitude. You know my story. I'm super transparent about it. I, I used to put my body through really bad stuff and treat my body like crap. So to have the ability to be able to treat my body well, and then to have these resources, I'm just really, really positive and grateful all the time. And, it, and it's been amplified. I, I appreciate you asking that question. And it's and now it's translating to the road. So I just beat my hat for after doing this for six years, I finally have a half marathon PR. I haven't PR'd in the half marathon distance since like 2018. 
Yeah, and, and, and it's awesome to see. And I can tell that like you are just like a ball of fire, not only like for, for other people and setting that example, which you have for so many, for so often, but just even to it for your own, you know, excellence within running. It's just, it's so exciting to see. I appreciate you touching on it. I'm really hyped up because I don't want, I didn't want to lose. I love this sport. I love the community. And I'm the big, I'm the guy saying, you know, this, it doesn't owe us anything. The marathon doesn't owe you anything. Great. You need to be grateful to be included, all that stuff. Um, but we have the opportunity. There's so many resources out there. I'd be silly to not be diving into recovery, to not be diving into strength training and, and yoga. And and Coach Lori told me years ago that I need to shift my focus and worry about the things that I that I don't have, like gaining fitness, gaining strength. I mean, as an adult, I and, and I I can't do the amount of pull-ups that I would like to do. That's a goal for me moving forward in 2022. Um Things like I, I can remember my PT uh, laugh, not laughed at me. He said, don't take this the wrong way. He said, but a guy that gets up and, and does marathons, you should be able to do, you know, 50 calf raises on the spot. He had me do 50 calf raises and it was like a struggle. Um, now I do calf raises on a consistent basis. So they're not a struggle anymore. Um, so things like that, brother. I love it. All right. One thing that we haven't talked about at all. Even, even when we're just been out on the run or just like communicating privately is you and I have never really talked about nutrition and you, know, you to your credit, you know, for, for you, recovery isn't merely about like recovering from the run. You know, you've dealt with your own addiction issues and recovered from that, which is fantastic. I shouldn't say recovered as if it's past tense. You know, I know it's, a, it's an ever present thing, but you mentioned nutrition and you mentioned how like, you know, you, you were gaining weight and, you know, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to necessarily like focus on weight all the time because that's not the, that's not the goal. It's running well is the goal, but it was it was a it was kind of like a canary in the coal mine situation for you. And what was it about nutrition that like that it was before versus what you ultimately like changed it to? It, it's the it's the cliche you can't outrun um, a bad diet, and I was living proof. I was relying on the fact that I ran daily and I was making poor choices like eating fried foods, um, eating too much um, bread and uh, just unnecessary carbs. And I've cleaned up my act. I, I'm not knowledgeable and, and educated enough to become completely um, vegetarian, vegan or, or plant based yet. But those are my goals. That's what intrigues me. And not and everybody has their own uh, opinions on that. But I just cleaned up my act as far as eating more fruits and vegetables um, eating way less unnecessary foods. I'm trying to, I'm trying to train my mind to eat food as just fuel and not just eat unnecessary. Um, and I I'm eating less, I'm just consuming less, but I, I want to make sure I'm not doing it. I don't want to, I don't want to be under fueled. Um, cause I am very active. And once again, I'm not super educated on, on where I can. So what, what, what I'm trying to say is I've eliminated meat as much as I can recently, Matt. And I don't want to, I don't want this to be about like, you know, I'm, I'm completely, you know, giving up, giving up meat, but th that's some, that's one thing that I've done just to kind of clean up my act and, and dial back what I'm consuming, um, on a daily basis. Um, it is tough. I still eat a lot of, you know, eggs and cheese and, and things that are associated with, with dairy and meat products. So this, this isn't just, just about that. Um, but as far as nutrition, 
the unnecessary snacks and sugars and uh, scoops of ice cream and Oreo cookies. I don't buy Oreos anymore so that I can't wake up and say, oh, I shouldn't have ate those Oreos last night. Um, so I just don't put them in the house. No, I hear that. That's the same reason I don't buy ice cream anymore. I just can't. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. I, I say I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'll buy a bucket of chocolate chip cookies and say I'm going to have two, um, you know, as a treat on Sunday afternoon. And by the time Sunday comes around, I'm lucky if there's two left. So I just don't buy them. I just don't buy them anymore because then you don't have to make excuses. And I do. I, I try to be very mindful of keeping healthy snacks on me in my bag, in my car. Um, this, and, I, and once again, I take a step back and I, and I try to learn from a lot of things that I consume, whether it's um, podcasts, social media, books, my peers, the community. And if we, there's a lot of things that we can control. And if I really love running and I love this sport and I love this community and I want to grow and I want to continue to be, um, um, a, to fill this little small role that, that I'm allowed to have, I, I want to be the best that I can be at it. And if I have, if I, I listened to something once and it was like, if marathon training was a, a soup or a chowder and it had two of your favorite ingredients, it would be a really good soup. But if, if it had four of your favorite ingredients, it, it would be even better. But imagine if it had 12 of your favorite ingredients. So imagine if it had 16 of your favorite ingredients. Um, it just gets better. So if I can control eating clean and, you know, and staying and staying on top of that, then that's my, it, am I making sense? You, you know what I mean? It's, it's, oh, for it's, sure. I'm, try, I'm trying to be very mature as I get older and, and, I'm trying to be wiser. I'm trying to be the marathon, the wise marathon pander and not the guy that says I used to run marathons. No, because you and I have gone like in a similar path with, with some of the weight gain stuff. So I, I know exactly what you mean. And I've lived it too. So for me, it's, it's a lot of the unnecessary food as well. And in addition to that, it's just like, all right, how am I going to like segment my day to make sure that like, you know, at 830 comes around, I'm not like, you know, having those hunger pangs, like sending yes, me like yes. you know, sprinting towards the, the kitchen um, and, you know, just eat, eating you know, in just a better way. Right. So I don't I, I have I certainly have those foods that, um, you know, like ice cream being one where it's like I'm I'm like powerless against, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, I there, <laughs> but usually it's not even that. Usually it's just like I just kind of set myself up for failure. And then it's like, all right. It's, you know, th two hours after dinner and I'm just like craving food and, you know, how, how am I going to manage that? So it's funny because like one thing that I've struggled with is the breakfast side of things because, you know, sometimes when I have like the big breakfast, it's like all of a sudden my stomach's like, oh, we're doing this today. We're eating tons of food. All right. Like I'll just be hungry all day then. So it's like, <laughs> it's been, it's been like, you hear this all the time with, with dietitians and I've gotten this advice plenty of times. Like, Hey, have that big breakfast. It sets you up for the rest of the day. It will eliminate your hunger later. You won't want to snack as much. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like it kind of like does the opposite to me. It kind of like stretches out my belly and it's like, all right, baby, fill me up again. Oh yeah. Or it's almost like you had such a, I totally agree with you. It's almost, and it's emotional for me. I, I, in food, it food, I could go down a, 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 a hole with it. it. I indulge with it. It's like anything. It's like the overcoming um, of the addiction. I, I have that personality where it, there's nothing, there's nothing in moderation. Um, so, I mean, when I, when that weight gain was happening and I was making the bad food choices, it was like fried seafood platters on a Friday night. And then a fried chicken dinner on a Sunday afternoon with extra mashed potatoes. So they weren't just bad choices. They were 
you know, consistent bad choices week after week. Um, the breakfast, I feel, I, I, I totally agree with you. If I have a huge breakfast, it's like my body and my mind is telling me, well, you're not going to have a small lunch. Come on. You know, you just had a huge breakfast. You got to keep it going. Um, right. It's game day, baby. You know, big players, big time players make big time plays. You know, we're having the we're having the, the meatball, the large meatball sub for lunch now. Yeah, you can't you can't do anything small. Um, I in with breakfast, and that's where it's hard for me to stay away from. I, I just need to get more educated to find the right replacements because you. It doesn't take me to late thirty at night to be starving. I find myself getting those hanger pains and hanger attitudes um, more often. And I don't want to just grab something. I don't want to just grab a bagel or grab, you know, make toast or have a bowl of cereal just because it's um, it's oat milk or something. So I want to just make sure I'm making the right choices. I eat a lot of nuts, um, a lot of fruits, but it's, I'm not, I'm not by any means doing this, you know, I'm I'm not a licensed dietitian by any means. I have oh, yeah. a lot. And neither, and Lord knows, neither am I. We're just we're just like two guys trying to figure it out. I will exactly. say that I think that I, I think I have recently found, and who knows, I might not be able to do this the rest of my life because you know if you just if you eat the same thing all the time, then you know it can go sideways on you in terms of like your taste profile. But I uh, recently, I would say for the last month and a half, basically, I've been doing the same thing for breakfast, and it's like I feel like it's worked for me. Again. Everyone's individualized, but you know, we're just talking here. So for me, I did like, I'm doing like a half bagel. For me, I love cinnamon raisins. I'm doing like the Dave's Killer Bagels. I love um, those. I absolutely love them. So the, the Dave's Killer Bagels, like I'm toasting half a bagel and then I'm, you know, and then I'm basically like scramble fry, um, one or two eggs. I throw okay. it on top. And you know what? Actually, I like, I like some cream cheese there. So sometimes people like the American cheese on the egg. I actually put cream cheese on the bagel okay. and then the egg on top of the cream cheese. And then that that right there, man, I feel like I'm ready to go because this and this is part of it. It's like when when do you run? So like for me, I'll have that at like six thirty, between six thirty and seven, and then drop my kids off at school at eight thirty, and then I run from like eight thirty to nine thirty, roughly. Right. So okay. it's like two hours before I run and it hits, it hits just about right. So like I'm like I'm 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 definitely not underfueled, but I'm also not like you know, walking, you know, going for my run with like a bowling ball in my belly. Right. Now, what will you have when you're done running before you get on your work calendar for the day? Um, So you're not starving in the morning because it's still going to be what, 10 a.m.? Exactly. So this is where like the other piece kind of clicked in because I figured out the breakfast part. And then like I couldn't just wait for lunch, but I didn't I needed like a bigger snack because I just finished the run, you know. So I basically have gone to like kind of like a four meal move. So instead of like a lunch with like two snacks, like a like a late morning snack or like you know kind of like a, a morning snack and then an afternoon snack, I basically just gone to like four meals. So it's like the breakfast and then like the post run meal and then kind of like a late lunch and then a dinner. So that's kind of how I'm doing it. Cause what happened was that I was doing this breakfast thing and then I was just kind of like eating all day for like basically for four straight hours and then I would have dinner. And that wasn't working great either so this no. kind of like so it's kind of like this 10 30 and then like 1 30 or two or two o'clock kind of like two like maybe you know that one called mini meals but like kind of like that kind, kind of like a mini meal um so whether it's um you know if something 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 simple like i'll just like throw in like a protein shake with like a couple other things that work whether it's like fruit and nuts and a protein shake or you know like a you know like a bar that i like 
or, you know, just have like cereal in there. And then at lunch, have like a sandwich around like one thirty or two o'clock. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to say like I dialed it, but I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm getting there. I feel like I'm circling the block. You sound like you have a little bit better of a routine than I do. I, my whole thing is I, I, I'm a consumer. I have a problem consuming things. It, it's like a mental thing for me. It, it's what, uh, it's what drove my addiction for years. So that's why I consume so much local running activity now to it's my new healthy um, consumption. And I'm always eating snacks always throughout the day. I, and my work days are usually um, eight to nine hours on my feet, um, walking around. And I try to make them healthy snacks like nuts and fruits. Um, but I just feel like I'm eating a lot and I want to eat less. You seem to have that nice set routine. I think I need to get my body. And let me just touch on this. When I first got into recovery from drugs and alcohol. And when I first got into running, I used to be very, very disciplined with my eating regimen. And that's where I'm drawing my motivation to start this new, this new fuel panda routine where there's just no excuse to consume bad foods. Um, I mean, every once in a while, obviously you're going to want to have a tree and you're going to you're going to, I mean, if somebody shows you a box of PVD donuts, I'm sure you'd be pretty silly to say no to one of them. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not a lunatic. <laughs> yeah. So you'd be crazy to say no to some stuff. And at the holidays and stuff, there's so many cakes and treats and all that. So once again, I'm not preaching and I'm not an expert, but from my own personal experience, it's telling my brain and telling my mind, Hey, Maurice, your body will thank you later. If you do not consume this and, and I just leave it like that and I walk away from it and I, and I look, I use other people um, and other things for motivation. Um, I look at other people that are more disciplined than me and I say, you know, that's, that's the difference. That could be the difference maker. That could be 30 seconds, six months from now, that could be a minute and a half, you know, four months from now or whatever, just to kind of play tricks with my mind to, to stay on that, to stay on that discipline train. All right. Let's talk about, um, weightlifting and getting stronger. All right. First of all, you're a big, strong guy. All right. I've met you in person. <laughs> I know, I know you well. Um, and you, you're, you're a strong guy, which I think can almost from a running perspective and a running strength perspective can kind of be like, like a, it can really fake you out. Like, like, no one would have ever assumed like, hey, Maurice has to get stronger in order to become a better runner. Like, you, you know, you big, strong legs, you get a strong upper body. And yet you came on here talking about the need to, to start getting in the gym and getting stronger. So talk to me the difference about what you've learned about just being a strong individual in terms of like if you just walk down the street versus some of the strength you're putting together now that actually is helping you become a better a better runner. Boom, boom, boom. Awesome, 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 Matt. I have, and, and thank you for, for, for that. This is a cool, cool topic. I've always had the frame. I've had the frame and I've had the physique. I lack just basic strength. Um, and I think, I mean, I didn't grow up, you know, hauling wood and, and stuff like that. I grew up, but I had strong legs because of youth athletics and always biking, always running. I mean, always, I'm um, always biking and always using my scooter and stuff. Um, there's a little cool part of, of my story where my grandmother used to hit me on the legs and say, you're going to be a runner. Um, we can touch on that, um, after, but I never had any basic strength training. I would go to the 
gym every once in a while and lift up some dumbbells, maybe go on the bench, maybe do the leg press, but I had no idea what I was doing. And even going into my, my running journey, um, it was on again, off again, gym memberships, you know, show up for 45 minutes, think I know what I'm doing. This calendar year was the first time that I implemented any type of consistent strength training. And when I say we're starting from the ground up, we're starting from the ground up. Perfect example. Today was my first set of unassisted chin-ups. Now, some you look at someone my size, my physique, and you'd think I could run into a gym and, and bang out some chin-ups and some pull-ups. Well, I just can't. Um, basic things like, you know, um, split squats and body squats. It took a long time just to get the basic mechanics and coordination down before I even started to lift weights. Um, and there's been some progress. This is the first time that I can say that I've been consistently strength training. Um, it's helped me recover and stay away from, from injury. I had a slight hamstring thing last year. And my, the, my PT said it might've been just from a lack of strength in that area. You're overusing muscles that you're not, you're not doing anything other than running. Um, I was lucky to, for years to be able to lace up and run long miles. Um, you know, I remember somebody asking me, um, they saw my, um, some old stats and they said, you mean the first year that you ran, you ran 2,400 miles. That's kind of a lot. And I said, yeah, I just, that's what I do. I run. It was just natural. I mean, it was just normal for me to be able to run 200 miles in a month. I didn't, I didn't see it was like a big deal. Um, but there, here we are seven years later and we had that, we had that plateau topic that we just talked about. So the strength training is definitely the reason why we're anti-plateau. We're getting stronger. We're getting fitter. I'm chasing fitness, um, which is something I, I've never been able to say before. And I'm learning so much. Like I'm working on muscles that we use when we run. Um, and I'm like, wow, this is why people are faster and stronger than me because they actually do this consistently. So it's fun. It's exciting. I'm learning. I'm growing. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually getting stronger. And it's really exciting. I'm, and I'm grateful um, that, I'm able, that I'm able to do this. Yeah. So what are some of the exercises that you feel like have made a difference for you? I know you're not a pro, but, you know, just, you know, I mean, obviously you're talking to the people that you're working with, but also just generally, like, you feel like these are the ones that are really, you know, the most bang for the buck in regards to your own strength. So for me, it it's, it's basics, 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 like um, the squats and the RDLs and deadlifts, um, hamstring, um, mobilities, mobility stuff that I've never worked on. Um, and I, I, my new thing is I want to learn as much as possible about this new genre of fitness and running where you've got these big jacked guys that are running these ridiculously fast times. Um, there's a guy like Nick Barr fitness, who's training for a sub three marathon, but he does like and I know I'm going to, I might have the numbers wrong, but he does 400 pound plus, you know, lifts and stuff like that. Um, Ryan Hall turned himself into a bodybuilder and not, and he still tries to break some backyard, um, uh, some backyard, uh, speed records and stuff like that. That stuff gets me all jacked up and excited. Not to say I'm ever going to be on that level. Um, but that, that's what I'm talking about. No, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, you see, and even even you know with Nick Bear and then his coach at McCurdy trained. I don't know if he still works with him. Um, Patrick Cutter is another guy like that. Oh yeah, so he's been he's been on this train for for a long time, and he's somebody that we both know. 
Um, I've, I, and, and I look up to the guy, not just on social, but in the running community. I've met him a couple of times. He's super humble, super awesome. And he's always had that, hey, don't tell me I can't lift weights and be fast attitude. You know, throw that attitude away. I'm going to lift weights. I'm going to get strong. I'm going to look good. And I'm going to run fast. Um, he's probably one of the biggest sources of inspiration and motivation when it comes to that attitude and that mindset. And that's exactly what I want to do. I want to get strong and run long. Um, it, and I, it's just, I, it's funny because it was missing. It was the missing ingredient for so long, not in, and, and everybody talks about, you know, cross training and stuff. And I tried like the spin out for a while and that just wasn't enough. Um, so to implement true strength training where I'm in there lifting weights and learning how to move my body in ways that I've never moved it before, implementing that on top of um, the yoga and still biking, I mean, I, I, I feel good about what I'm able to do with my body right now. Um, it's exciting. All right, let's talk about positivity. You're one of the most positive people I know. Um, with that said, it's not just something that just happens, right? I think sometimes people look at other positive people or just positive people in general and they think, oh, well, that's just not me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like that. But I know you. I know this doesn't just come naturally to you. Uh, maybe parts of it does, but this is something that you work on, you cultivate. And for a lot of people, understandably so, the last two years hasn't been the most positive experience for a variety of different reasons. Um, and a lot of them are interrelated. So how have you been able to, you know, keep this positive mindset that I know that you work on daily um, in the face of all of that? Um, it, my positivity is fueled off of the off of gratitude and just knowing that I'm in a much better place than I ever was before. Um, and all of my bad places, including like the darkest times with, you know, my darkest corners of, of addiction and struggling and falling again as an adult into those into that path. Um, those were, I all did that on my own. I put, I put myself in those situations. It wasn't like somebody else did it. So it's easy for me to wake up and be very grateful for the basic stuff because I've woken up in really bad situations. So gratitude fuels my positivity. Um, I, I get a, the, even the, even my buddies at work, they're like, Maurice, it's not a happy Monday, but I, I really do believe that. And I've trained my mind and my heart to, into believing that, it is a happy Monday. We're alive, we're breathing, and we have the opportunity to do so much. We all have so much. We all have a lot on our plate, and you never know what people are dealing with. Um, and I and I know, but in, in some of my friends, and I have a friend today, she, and she even reminded me, and she said, I, I don't like when you say happy Monday. So it just rubs her the wrong way. And I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I'm not going to stop saying it. I really do believe um, it's going to be a happy Tuesday tomorrow. I really do believe that. Um, we have so much to be grateful for, and that's where my positivity comes from. There's a lot of people, and the positivity has helped me. Having a positive outlook and getting up and, and just having it, it, when you put positive out in the universe, it comes right back to you. It, it really comes right back to you. And I've had a lot of help along the way with different, you know, mentors and bosses and stuff like that that have really drilled that mindset home. Um, have really have really driven it home and said it so basically and i'm sorry to get off track gratitude fuels my positivity i have a lot 
to be grateful for. And I love that because there's probably, probably plenty of people out there who may have gone through some of the circumstances you did who would take a very different approach and maybe, you know, it would be easier for them to look at life differently. And I, and I, you know, this is why, you know, I'm so grateful to have you in my life because I, I look at you as a, as a paragon of like, Hey, it's not what happens to you. It's how you view it. And, exactly. and you just, you, you, you put this out constantly. That's awesome of you to, to you for you to say that. My thing is I've woken up in some of the darkest, darkest places and all by my own doing. But so to wake up and to be healthy, to be clean and sober, to have, you know, nice clothes to put on, a good job to go to, to have freedom, to have to be able to set your own schedule. Thursdays for me, um, it's my day off from my from my full time job and it's funny. I want to tell you a quick, a, a quick story. I had a, when I did some time in, in prison before it was, um, about a nine month period of time. I was sentenced to a year and I did nine months on and got released on good behavior. I did all the programs and everything that you're supposed to do. Um, I always treated everything like a good opportunity. So the reason why I was in prison was because of my choices made for my addiction. Um, so I used it as like, hey, this is free rehab. What? Why shouldn't I be excited? This is like a free rehab program for me where I get, you know, clean food, get to go to sleep, and I'm away from drugs and alcohol. Um, so I treated everything as a positive. And people would say, how can you be in such a good mood? Like, what are you looking forward to? Like, I would have those conversations with people and try to get them to see my perspective. Like, even though we didn't have our freedom, we had, you know, meals and we had food and somewhere to sleep. And, and it was just a better situation than, than what you came from in most, in most cases. Um, and, and a lot of cases. So before I get too far off track, I got a day pass. I had a pass to the barbershop one day and, and, in, and in the prison, that's a big deal. And it was like two weeks out. I got to go to the barbershop on a Saturday afternoon. Um, and you had to have the pass signed by a couple of different people. And it was a big deal to have to be, to be able to leave the unit and, and go get your, your hair cut um, while you're in prison. It was a big deal. So now on Thursdays, when I set my schedule to be able to do, you know, physical therapy, to be able to go to um, a yoga class, to be able to do cycling on my own, to be able to do a long distance run, to be able to come home and make a nice, healthy, clean meal, those things it's such a gratitude check. It's such a, hey, Maurice, look at what you're able to do. Look at what you get to do compared to what you used to do. The, the quality of life that you're living has improved so much, A, because of the sobriety, B, because of the running. I cannot thank the running community enough. Guys like you, you gave me so much encouragement and motivation when when we when we barely when we first first met inviting me onto the show and treating me like uh like I was some big deal and and I mean and that will that I'll never forget that you you picked me up when I fell on the bike path when I slipped on the ice and we had our little um didn't we run a half marathon <laughs> that day we did yeah we were we in the ice a- man that was we we should we should have like you know Put, put like screwed in like the screws in the bottom of our shoes. It was treacherous out there. Yeah, we ran a half marathon that day. So sorry if I was go- if I was ranting on too much. But the, the the point of that story was that's my gratitude check. It's like holy crap, Maurice. Look at where look at where you're at. Look what you're able to do. Be um, I'm so grateful. 
for the grind. It's not a grind for me. I love the fact that I have, like, I get to, I'm, I'm a car salesman. Like it's not a dream job for some people, but when I was young, I was successful at that role and I, I screwed it up due to just due to addiction and struggling with alcohol and drugs for years. I struggled and I never advanced the way I wanted to in, in that industry. So to be, have a chance to be back in that industry um, and have a chance to shine. It's like, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's such a blessing. I can't even put words, put words around it. So that's where I get the, be grateful for the grind all of the time. Um, and that Thursday, I know I'm repeating myself. That's my gratitude check. That's my, Hey, look at what you're able to put on your schedule that like, you need to be super, super grateful. Like you just need to be oozing gratitude and tell everybody about it because guess what? Eight years ago, nine years ago, you had to fill out a pass to go get your haircut, you know, two weeks down the line with, you know, two correctional officers signing off on it. Um, or, you know, 12 years ago, you were waking up in a shelter with bed bug bites and someone stole your cell phone. So that kind of stuff fires me up. So to wake up and not be super grateful for all the basics, I would be doing myself an injustice. So the gratitude just fires up the momentum and the positivity. And I scream about it. I yell about it. I put it on, on, on social media and I, I, and I appreciate everybody that checks in with me. And that's my dream is to just like, is to just be that voice and kind of, and kind of grow it as much as I can. And I would be silly to, to let the running slip away from me. You, you touched on it. We talked privately a couple of weeks back and, and you touched on it. You said, you know how much this running the sport in the community means to me and it was firing you up to see me back on fire for it and it all ties back in i am on fire for the game and the community of running and 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 the whole the whole the whole ball of wax i'm on fire and i i I just i can't you can't put it out there's no fire extinguisher big enough I love it. And this is this touches on another point because a lot of people out there, especially really type A driven people, have a hard time embracing their current circumstances because they almost have this like, you know, this nugget just lodged in their head that if they feel grateful and happy with where they currently are, then all of a sudden they won't be as driven to get the goals in their life. However, you've managed to be both, to be someone who is grateful and happy for where you are, but at the same time, be on fire for different goals that you have in life. You've kind of mentioned them kind of sporadically throughout our conversation. So what are your 2022 goals? Because this might be coming out right around the new year and people are going to be thinking about that. So 2022, the, the goal is to just stay super, super consistent with the strength training because that's going to translate to faster times on the road. I am in love with and will always be in love with the 26.2 distance. And I don't want to, I have 26.2 goals that aren't going anywhere. I do want to break my marathon PR. Um, The long, long, long term goal, two to three years from now, after the 45 year old birthday, I do want to qualify for Boston with the true BQ and not just as a charity runner. I'm throwing that out there because when you speak it, when I throw it, speak it, dream it, believe it, achieve it, dream it, believe it, achieve it. Um, I've been yapping about it on on my Instagram where I kind of said it to a, a friend of mine who I could tell didn't really believe in it. And that just fires me up even, even more. It's a long shot, but I get that five minute buffer when I turn 45. And I think a 320 is something that I can train my, my, my butt off for. And I, and I'm going to go for it. That's two years down the line. 
after being at Badwater Death Valley and crewing um, Falori, my I am Badwater dreaming. Okay, I'm Badwater dreaming, and that would be a two to three year goal to get to the Badwater 135 race, which means I better start getting 100 mile races on my resume. So 2022 will be the first time um, I put a 100 mile race on my resume. I'm currently training for that. Um, I'm doing nine hours tomorrow. I have a couple of 12 hour events under my belt. um, And I need to get a 24 hour, 100 mile event on my, um, on my resume. It might be ADU. If they let me in, if I get my application selected. I'm so excited for all of this. This is, this leads in perfectly. You don't even know this, but like in an hour, in nine minutes, I'm recording a podcast with Jacob Puzzi, um and Megan Roche about what marathoners can learn from ultra marathoners. Um, oh, that's that's so awesome because everybody says you've got to give up the 26.2 if you become an ultra marathon, and that's not true. I love the marathon distance. I have so much respect for it and the people that train at high levels for the marathon distance. And I don't want to lose that love and that fire for that distance just because I can be out on my feet for eight hours, 12 hours, and hopefully 24 hours this year. Um, I don't want to lose that love. I have so much love and respect for the marathon, for the women and men that I can't say it enough, um, that train and compete at, at high levels. Um, Alexi Pappas said on one of her interviews that she uses the, she's so grateful that she has the, because doesn't she like write like movie scripts or something like that? So she was touching on the fact that she has the opportunity to A, train her butt off to be in the Olympics and B, do something else that she loves. So she would be silly to not just put 110% at every opportunity. I hope I'm making sense there. That's, that's kind of what I took from, from that interview. Um, so I, I'd be silly to, to, to give up on 26.2 dreams. I love it. Um, but I also want to be the ultra panda. I love it. I love all this. Maurice, thank you so much for coming on the show again. I can't wait to have you back. This was awesome. Thank you for having me. Um, I feel really awesome that I was able to reconnect with you and get back on the show. Big, big shout out of love and thanks to you, Matt. Um, appreciate you big time. Maurice, thank you so much for coming on the show. I told you, I told you this guy's the best. That's for sure. Uh, go on the show notes, go check out his Instagram. He brings the inspiration, the running motivation every single day. Maurice, the marathon panda himself, such an awesome guy. Maurice, thank you so much for coming on the show. And thank you for listening. I know this is a wild and crazy week. I know it is over here in the Chittam House. I'm sure it is for you as well. Um, with that said, we're bringing you one episode this week, just like last week. So during the Christmas week and then the New Year week, podcast downloads are always way, way, way lower. So there's no point in me giving you extra episodes if you're not even going to bother listening to them because, hey, we got enough going on right now. I know you do. I know I do. But with that said, in the new year, we'll be back to twice a week. And I am so excited for some of the episodes coming up. Let me tell you, they're really, really good. So thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of In Post Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang.
yeah. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. Just representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry I got.